Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. You know, I listen to Bickley and Murata. Terrific show, by the way. I really enjoy it. Bickley and Murata mornings from 6 to 10. Bickley and Murata. It's the greatest show on earth. Bickley and Murata. Good morning and welcome. Dan Bickley. Sportsman. Sports. Vince Murata. It's a power-packed morning zoo. Are you kidding me? Bickley and Murata. Bigly and Murata. I love this show. This is the greatest show in the history of radio. It's the greatest radio show ever. Bigly and Murata. I hate everything about this show. This is the worst show in the world. Good morning, Valley sports fans. Happy Monday to everybody. Bickley and Murata mornings as we turn the page in the calendar away from football into baseball into basketball being center stage. Different time in the calendar. I'll tell you what isn't center stage, Vinny. Did you see the ratings for Live Golf I over the weekend? That. <laughs> yes, I did. Uh, and I was going to bring it up to you, and I thought, no, I'm going to let Bick. Uh, I'm going to let yeah. Bick have this one. I, on a weekend when the PGA Tour was probably never more susceptible, they they staged the Honda Classic, and the field was, let's say, bereft of name players. Uh, it, 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 Live Golf, um, they ran a tournament in Mexico that drew less viewers than uh, World's Funniest Animals. <gasps> Well, have you oh, seen those? Those animals are damn funny. Oh. <laughs> this is true. You have you seen that sloth? That sloth. So, the way this works is, <laughs> Jared, they have their, they have their the sloths have three toes. I they mean, do. That's, that's amazing. That's entertaining, isn't it? <laughs> they have twenty six CW uh, markets that are that are metered, and in those twenty six markets, they registered as zero point yeah. two. Yeah. And they also had the advantage that if you hit a if you hit your television guide if you've got traditional cable or whatever uh-huh. it, it was it's on the first page so yeah. it's yeah, CW is slotted in that first page there was a little bit of an advantage there for people who searched that way and it got nothing you know what's interesting to me Did I don't you know partake. I, I I gave it a, a few minutes, but it's it's just not competitive golf. You can feel it. Yeah. I, I want to make two points here. Uh, Netflix has got a series going on now. I don't know if you've seen it, but it's called Full Swing. I've seen the trailer. I okay. haven't watched any episodes yet. Uh, I'm about I'm about five episodes in, and I'll tell you what. There are a couple of guys who let the cameras in way deep. Brooks Brooks Kepka. Ian Poulter, right? Uh-huh. And you really saw the desperation on their faces, in their lives, in their words, and how they weren't good anymore at golf. How they couldn't win anymore. They basically tell the camera, we can't hang anymore. So all this stuff about we're going to lo- live golf because they're, they're going to pave the way to a greater game of golf. <laughs> yeah. No, these are desperate dudes who fear they're never going to win again. Yeah. My future earnings are based on my performance and, in the PGA Tour, and, but this other outfit's just going to throw FYI, money at me. FYI, Brooks Kepka, you talk about coming off as shallow and vapid. Yeah. Uh, wait till you get the episode on him and see what his longtime partner traipses around at home wearing. Yeah. 
Yeah, oh, now, it's, it's, now I'm intrigued. It's, no, it's really it, there's a lot of traipsing going on. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's really it's rather grotesque. Some some flowing fine fabrics. Yeah, I don't know if I would. I don't know if there's much fabric involved. Not not so much on the fabric. Okay. Yeah, I think a little. I think a little light on the fabric. But anyway, so so you kind of watch this and you're like, okay, this because that full swing documentary that all took place in real time. It just as live was starting to crack, right? Yes. And here we are. Yeah, point two, baby. Fa- fascinating Zero stuff. point two. Pretty, uh, sure. pretty fortuitous timing for yeah. that, because that's, I mean, that's one of the more interesting things. That time period was one of the more interesting things that's happened in golf in a long time. O- off the course. The, just the, the struggles of the decisions made. Mm-hmm. Uh, some, some guys didn't struggle at all to well, make that decision. Here's my last point. So, so past champions are going to be allowed to be playing in the regular majors. Like Phil Mickelson will be allowed to play the Masters. Dustin Johnson will be allowed to play the Masters. Mm-hmm. I, I'll be real curious to see what kind of game any of these dudes have left now that they are in a completely non-competitive environment. Yeah. How soft have they become? Yeah, get plucked right back right, into the competitive right, yep, environment. Yep. Now you're playing four rounds not three. Yeah. I'll see if any of them can hang. Who's I'll be on my team? Oh, yeah. Where's where my team? Rest, yeah, where are the rest of the aces? <laughs> where Where's the rest of the driving range goats? Or the range goats. That's what they call themselves. The range goats. That's a live team. Okay. Yeah. Greatest of all what? Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm done. Start the show, Ferret. The Splash. Splash. The stories making waves in the sports world. The Splash. splash. The Splash, brought to you by Presidential Pools, Arizona's number one pool builder. See why at presidentialpools.com. Yeah, Suns fell short in Milwaukee on Sunday. They lost to the Bucks 104-101. Brooke Lopez broke a 100-100 tie with a driving layup with 24.8 seconds left. On the ensuing possession, Drew Holiday poked the ball away from Devin Booker on his drive to the hoop, leading to a turnover. Suns led by as many as seven in the fourth quarter, but former son Jay Crowder, playing in just his second game in a Bucks uniform, hit two three-pointers in a 35-second span to pull Milwaukee to within two with under four minutes to play. Holiday dominated on both ends all day, led all scorers, 33 points for the Bucks. They were playing without Giannis Antetokounmpo. Uh, he suffered a quad injury Friday. Devin Booker, 24, DeAndre, 8, and 22 in the loss for the Suns, who fall to 33 and 29. Meanwhile, the Bucks extend their winning streak to 14 straight games. There is a silver line. Yeah, there is, but that was a bad loss. And again, you I know agree me. With you. You it know was. me. I'm not into these regular season games until Kevin Durant shows up. But that was a bad loss. It was when you're up seven. You had all the momentum in the fourth. Jay Crowder really swung all the momentum, uh, and that that hurt. Uh, but I think that was with with poor free throw shooting, um, and. Josh Okogie played another really good game, but missed maybe the easiest follow in the history of the NBA at a very T. crucial T.A. made juncture. a bunch of dumb mistakes. Yeah. Chris Paul had a bad offensive foul. Yep. Kevin Durant uh, should be integrated into the flow in their next game Wednesday night in Charlotte against the Hornets. And the Suns and just national TV games, they do not get along very no. well. Elsewhere in the NBA, the Lakers overcome a 27-point deficit on the road. 
to beat Dallas, a game that featured 13 lead changes in the fourth quarter alone. Anthony Davis, 30 points, 15 rebounds, and one eyebrow for the Lakers, while LeBron James had 26. LA's won four of five. The Nuggets went overtime to beat the Clippers, 134-124. to Nikola Jokic, 40 points, 17 rebounds, 10 assists, and three steals. Clippers are now 0-2 with Russell Westbrook in the lineup. So, wait, hold on. So the Clippers gave up how many points yesterday? Uh, only 134. That was after giving up 176? Yeah. So that's 310 points in two games? Yeah. That'll hurt the defensive metrics a little bit. So. <laughs> uh, the Hawks upended the Nets 129-127 on Trey Young's 12-foot jumper at the buzzer. Young had 34 for Atlanta. Uh, Mikel Bridges and Cam Johnson had 51 in the loss for the Nets, combined for 51. Uh, and Damian Lillard became the eighth player ever to eclipse the 70-point mark in a single game as he exploded for 71 in Portland's 131-114 win over the Rockets. Lillard, 22 of 38 from the floor, 13 of 22 from three-point range, and hit all of his free throws. Second player this year to have 70-plus in a game. Uh, Donovan Mitchell had 71 back on January 2nd. Hawks have a new coach, Quinn Snyder, signing a five-year deal to coach Atlanta after they fired Nate McMillan last week. He was once an assistant in Atlanta under Mike Budenholzer. In the NFL, the combine gets underway in Indianapolis today with orientation and team interviews for defensive linemen and linebackers. Those processes for the various positions will continue tomorrow and Wednesday. The workouts begin on Thursday and will run through Monday. Cardinals' new brass, led by general manager Monty Austinfort, in attendance for starting uh, and starting their draft prep. Of course, the Cardinals own the third overall pick in the draft, and in addition to their own picks, projected to receive three compensatory selections for the losses of Christian Kirk, Chandler Jones, and Chase Edmonds. So the process begins. We're, we're past staff construction for the most part. Now it's on to roster construction. Yeah, now it's it's Montias and Ford time. Yeah, now come come the quote-unquote brass tacks of building a football mm-hmm. team. Uh, speaking of the Combine, NFL media reporting that Alabama quarterback Bryce Young won't throw at the Combine, but Ohio State C.J. Stroud will. They're both expected to be high first-round picks in April. Coyotes got roughed up by the Predators 6-2 at Mullet Arena. Roman Yossi, two goals and an assist for Nashville. Coyotes have lost three of four and given up exactly six goals in all of those losses. That's not exactly a recipe for success. Uh, Shane Gostisbehere and Nick Schmaltz had goals in the loss. Yotes' homestand continues Tuesday when they host the Chicago Blackhawks in Tempe. Uh, the D-backs got crushed in Cactus League play 18-6 by the Padres of Peoria Sports Complex. Oof. San Diego scored nine runs in the second inning and never looked back. Juan Soto homer drove in five. In three spring games so far, the D-backs are 0-3 and have been outscored 42-18. to Yeah, Their staff ERA is 12.96. It doesn't mean a thing. I Keep know. telling yourself that, Vinny. It doesn't mean a thing. It don't mean a thing if it's only spring. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. Uh, but still, that those numbers were pretty alarming. 12, 12, and 18. That's what they've given up in three games. Uh, D-backs splitting their squad again today. Brandon Fott makes his spring debut against the Cubs at Salt River Fields at uh, one ten, And then at 6.40, another game at Salt River Fields, the Diamondbacks against the Mountaineers of West Virginia University. Uh, Padres finalizing an 11-year, $350 million contract with third baseman Manny Machado becomes the fourth 
richest contract in all of baseball behind only Mike Trout, Mookie Betts, and Aaron Judge. And I would never mention this in the splash if he won, but he lost. So here goes. YouTube annoyance and part-time. Pick my opponent who's not really a boxer, boxer. Uh, Jake Paul lost his match nice. Sunday to Tommy Fury, the half-brother of Tyson Fury in a split decision. Nice turn of the phrase there. Thank that was you. well written. There you go. Uh, there is your splash for Monday, February 27th. Coming up next. Bick called it a bad loss. We'll dive into that bad loss for the Phoenix Suns in Milwaukee next. It's Pickley and Murata Mornings live from the Ak Chin Community Studios on this Monday morning here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata Mornings. He puts it up, missed it. Rebound taken by Lopez, and that'll do it. Unless they blew the whistle before the buzzer. No, they say that is it, the final score. Bucks win 104-101 here at Pfizer Forum. Milwaukee extends the NBA's longest win streak of the season to 14 and improves to 43-17. and The Suns fall to 33-29 and and will try to bounce back on the road Wednesday night in Charlotte when they perhaps will have Kevin Durant in their lineup for the first time. Yeah, it's still perhaps John Bloom on the final call yesterday from Milwaukee. A disappointing game for the Suns, who uh, I thought played really well, uh, mm-hmm. except for about the last four or five minutes of that game. Yeah. And it cost them outside of the free throw shooting. Uh, but it's another one of those games, Bick, where you look at the Suns and big picture, will it matter moving forward? Who knows? But when the Suns, A, are on national television, they don't play very well. And B, when the Suns play an opponent missing an absolute stud of a player, mm-hmm. they don't play well. Remember the Dallas game at home. Luka gets hurt in the first four oh, minutes yeah. of the game, and they lose to a Dallas team. Right. Yesterday, you're playing against Giannis. And I, I'm not buying the, well, the Suns didn't have Kevin Durant. They've never had Kevin They've Durant. They've never had Kevin Durant. So uh, I, I agree with you. I, I, I'm definitely you know scooching that over into yeah. the category of bad loss. Listen, I, there, there are a few reasons why this struck me as a bad loss. Number one, there was a time with about six minutes to go, maybe even less, when they had full control of that game. And I thought, oh, this is going to be a nice. This is going to be a nice roadie for this basketball team to get in and get out of here. And it all kind of fell apart. And there was a lot of dumb plays and dumb actions from D.A. There was a bad offensive foul from Chris Paul, who once again reverted to foul hunting in a big moment instead of playing basketball and advancing the ball. There was a lot of hero ball attempted by Devin Booker. And at the end, we saw the same kind of strip poke steal from Drew Holiday, who's just his skills as an on-the-ball defender are just stupid. But add that with the offense? Yeah. And then yeah, what, that, a, what right. a player oh, he is. Man. He is unbelievable. Oh, well, there was listen, I I I walked away from that game yesterday. There was a time when when Chris Middleton was easily the Bucks second best player. That is so not true anymore. No, Middleton is still working his way back from the injury, but I totally but Drew Holiday's their second he, best oh, guy. He, and yeah. it, it's it's you know, he's not Giannis level, mm-hmm. but the way he affects the game on both ends, and by the way, yeah. without Middleton picking up his offense to to fill that void. And I I agree with you. I mean 
I know it's just one game. We're looking mm-hmm. at the snapshot, but every time I watch Drew Holiday play, what he is able to do as an on-ball defender and just throw people off their games is is he's, amazing. He's able to move with the quickness you need in the NBA while sort of still in that defensive crouch. I've never seen anybody like it. Yeah. He can sit down, as they like to say in the NBA, when you get in a crouch in front of a defensive guy, but he can move at NBA speed in that position. Yes. It makes it impossible to get around the guy. And that play at the end of the game where he pokes it away from yeah. Booker, everybody was going back to that that uh, ga- that play in Game 5 of the NBA Finals in Phoenix, which was such a huge, huge uh, win for the Bucks. Uh, but, you know, it, it was also, you're, you're watching it unfold, and you're like, Booker's got him beat. He beat him off the dribble, yeah. and yeah. Holiday just with yep. a, the well-placed no. hand. Here was yeah. Booker on that turnover. But I don't think anybody even touched it. He just lost it when he came toward Brooke or whatever. Yeah, I mean, you know, I was touched. You know, it wasn't yeah. fault, but the same thing. I did the same thing to Drew on the other end. I grabbed him a little bit on that play. He hit my uh, You know, it's a playoff type basketball. Presser um, let things go, and you know that was that. Yeah, um, and then you know B- Booker. I, I, I th- I'm glad you said hero ball too. Mm-hmm. There was one possession, a crucial possession, where the Suns just had. A terrible. It wasn't even really a possession. It was just everybody standing around for about twenty seconds and Booker settling for for a bad shot. Look, yeah. even his game t- uh, tying shot, yeah, was a hero ball play. He was covered. But he it did was a, a fade. Away. Oh, it was yeah. a great shot, it but it was a really, really fade. difficult it shot. A fade away. He had to turn his yeah. body while fading away. That was the degree am- of difficulty in that shot. shot. Was insta- it was insane. Yeah, yeah, but uh, but okay. So he, here's so I try to take another step back because I, I found that to be very disappointing of a performance, but at the same time, again, try to keep context here of what we're really looking at and what it means. So you see Devin Booker struggle in an endgame situation against a great on-ball defender. We've seen that before. We know this is one of the small weaknesses. I hate to even call it a weakness because it's more of something that's not an elite strength of Devin Booker. He's not yet at that level as a scorer where he can just rise up and score over everybody whenever you want it, however you want it. He's getting there. He's close. Yes. But but he's not quite there. The addition of Kevin Durant is exactly suited for that. For for a team that needs another guy who can be that big in those moments. I am more worried and and, and I hate to say this, but I, I'm just I, I'm watching I'm watching number three. I'm watching Chris Paul and I'm I don't know, Vinny. Yesterday, for a while, he had it going, but there's a certain lack of athleticism and juice to him now that I'm just... I don't know what it's going to mean in the long run for this basketball team. There was that. You're right. There was that stretch in the second half where he kind of took the game over and kept the Suns in it. Uh, overall, the eyeball test agrees with you. Absolutely. And there's another thing to consider with Chris Paul, which is not sustainable. Chris Paul played 39 minutes and 48 seconds yesterday. Cameron Payne is back and got into the game for seven minutes and was ineffective, and they didn't use him. Chris Paul cannot That's be shouldering point. that kind of load. Point. Cameron Payne has been back for two games, and he did some things scoring the basketball the other night against Oklahoma City, but he's played over 23 minutes in these mm-hmm. two games, and he doesn't have an assist. That you you, you gotta yeah. get more and, yeah. and I was I was talking to a buddy of mine yesterday and one of the things that we had discussed at the trade deadline and then in the buyout market was 
Are you going to trust Cameron Payne for the third straight postseason as your backup point guard? They've made that decision that that's exactly what they're going to do. I hope they don't regret that decision when they had plenty of options to go out there and look at other point guards to supplement what Chris Paul Great, great, great point. Yeah, you can text your thoughts to the uh, FanDuel text line at uh, 620-620 right now. Also want to remind you, NASCAR returns to Phoenix Raceway March 10th through the 12th for the United Rentals Work United 500. Is that true? With United in there twice? I <laughs> should have proofread that. Uh, fans can look forward to many new unique experiences and activities as the weekend kicks off a historic 2023 season of Phoenix Raceway. For your chance to experience this, head to the contest page at ArizonaSports.com for your chance to win tickets. Coming up next, happened on Saturday down in Tucson. It will go down in history as one of the classics in the rivalry between ASU and U of A and the buzzer beater win for the Sun Devils. We'll get into it next. It's Bickley and Murata mornings here on this Monday. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata mornings. Follow makes it. Two-point lead. Three seconds left. No timeouts. Neal inbounds. Desmond Cambridge. Oh! He got it! He won it! Arizona State has done it! My goodness! That's the way it sounded on CBS yesterday. A uh, very entertaining basketball game down in Tucson between the Wildcats and the Sun Devils. And All right, look, before you go on, prayer uh, was answered. Here, here was Al Michaels' final call of Des Cambridge's half court shot. Here's a half court shot. He throws it up. It, it, it goes in, but there's a flag on the play. <laughs> Was there a whistle? I might have a whistle. whistle. Hold on. There's a whistle. whistle. They might not be counting. No. Oh, it's good. It counts. It counts. ASU wins. (laughs) All right. I'm sorry. What a moment for the Sun Devils. Are you kidding me? Can we hear the, the Tim Healy, Kyle Dodd call? So the final 2.9 seconds inbounded to Des Cambridge. Launches from backcourt. He made it. He made it. He made it. Cambridge knocks down a three from backcourt, and the Sun Devils have won it. The Sun Devils have won it on a desperation three-pointer from Des Cambridge. (laughs) Incredible. Let's go. Nothing but net from about 60 feet away for Des Cambridge. Oh, my goodness. Had uh, a lot of the same tones as Tim Healy's Jail Mary call when when Jalen Strong made the touchdown catch. Great call, by the way, there. Phenomenal call. Both of them were were great. Yeah, Um, I agree. Look, it's a game. I can't imagine, um, you know, being on one side of it, and obviously I didn't expect in the the final seconds for that to happen, but it was one of those plays where when Cambridge lets the ball go and everything kind of lined up, the way Balo missed the first free throw and made the second, he misses the second free throw. You're not getting nearly that quality of a shot. And it was a 60-footer. But as soon as it left his hand, and you're watching on television, so you don't have the best vantage point, but if you've watched enough basketball, you kind of have, you kind of get a beat on it. And it looked like that could go in. And it went in. Unbelievable. Well, a couple things. First of all, making half-court shots is not the same in today's sport of basketball. It was in our generation. No. Guys almost practice half-court shots now. They do. Jump shooting. 
That's and, the second one Cambridge has made. He made one at the end of the uh, first half against UCLA. Paul George made one yesterday that was a fraction of a second too late. Or Joel, to, Joel Embiid, too. Yeah, right. So, 70-footer. I mean, right. So it's not rare that these things are going in. But it's the it's the circumstance. It's the teams involved. And more to the point, if you want to get real existential about this, we have talked about Bobby Hurley and how his program has gotten so close and so close. And they seem to be there. They seem to be on the verge of a breakthrough. Big wins, great starts, always falling apart down the stretch. This game in Tucson was it started to get painted as, okay, this, this might be the end of days for Bobby Hurley. For that shot to drop the way it did... It feels bigger than it even looks. Yeah, I mean, and when you consider the ingredients of the game, too. Uh, you know, ASU was in massive foul trouble. Uh, th- their own fault. I'm not blaming the referees for that. The free throw differential was immense. Um, and y- you're dealing with that crowd. That is, I mean, <laughs> it's not an easy place to play. All of those things were going against ASU. And you're right, at this time, Nobody really gave ASU much of a shot to, to go down there and, and win that game. No. And Tucson has been a house of horrors for the Sun Devils forever. Predates Bobby Hurley. Uh, here was Desmond Cambridge after the game. Though This is a great quote He's, uh, on whether or not he thought that was going in. If I'm being completely honest, like I, I make those shots all the time. But that shot, I did not think it was going. I really just wanted to be a nice miss and everyone in the crowd go, ooh. Like, they almost, and when it went in, I literally could only scream because I... I like, it's the Yeah, and they, the Sun Devils get down 10 in the second half, and you th- if you're watching the game and if you watch a lot of ASU basketball, you're thinking, here we go. They, they hung for as long as they could, and now U of A is going to run away with it, and it just well, it didn't he happen. wrong-footed the shot. Mm-hmm. It went off his right foot. That's so, first of all, the, the optics of it was like, whoa. Second of all, like I said, I, I, what, a, what a pliable, easy, soft defense Arizona played on the play. In fact, you could even hear Tommy Lloyd after the game. He's like, yeah, I, I had a real good look at that one. Now, it happened right in front of me, and I'm like, okay, someone's going to get their backside ream for that. Yes. Because, it, really, there was, there was, it was Matador defense. It was, I mean, you don't want to foul in that no, instance. And, but, and, I mean, what are the odds? You, know, you could take that shot a hundred times. How many times is it going in? But mm-hmm. Larson didn't put any pressure at all on Cambridge. I mean, you at least want to get in the way. Yeah. But you saw the flip side of it yesterday in the Suns-Bucks game. Suns are down four. Devin Booker shoots a corner three, and Joe Ingles commits a boneheaded foul. Yeah. If, uh, if almost... you call it a foul, <laughs> but whatever, yeah, whatever. But no, but I know what you're saying. I know you leave it up to the referee. Right, exactly. Right. Um, here is uh, Bobby Hurley after the game. I've been involved in playing Arizona for years now. This is uh, just an epic game. Just like the quality of the game is very high level, very well played. We're a very good defensive team. That's like the best we could do. And uh, so a lot of credit to them. They're a really good program, top teams in the country. So to come out here and do what we did today was uh, pretty special. Sarah Cazell was in attendance. Yes, you, you had to say, Sarah. From the hoop. Yes, just out of frame. I was watching the ball come right at me. And from that particular angle, I was like, oh my gosh, that's going to miss by two miles. Wait, what? <laughs> and then you're just like, slow motion. No! Stunned. Stunned. 
the woman was too stunned to speak. Really? <laughs> that's one of those. <laughs> the woman has uh, to bring one, a meme to the radio show. It's yes. one of those moments. And, and you know, in, in all the camera shots that CBS showed after it, they showed like the bench players for, for Arizona. Yeah. Where, I mean, the game was over. Oh. They're just standing there with their mouths open. It, oh, it, yeah. It's just one of those. It's a it's a gut punch of a loss for Arizona. Now, will they bounce back? That's a really good basketball team. Yes. But what was what was the energy level? Pre and post. So I saw some some fan videos that were posted. Oh, did you? And you could just hear the. Oh, it was almost like you could hear the air being punched out of their gut. It was just a feeling of disbelief all around, and the emotion swing from Umar Balo's rebound on the last play or the last possession it should have been a foul, by the way. Okay, <laughs> he went over the back. And, and, it, and everyone went nuts. I was like, all right, 2.9 seconds left. All right, let's go, let's go. Just enough time for them to get a shot off, but no, nah, it'll be fine. And then it just silence. It wasn't even anger. It was just emotional Dis- defeat. Disbelief. Yeah. Like, I, I can't, be- the Jack Buck, I can't believe what I just saw. Yeah. People just like stared off into the distance and were like, okay, well, I'm going to go home now. <laughs> all right, Jared Carlin. they went. You're a wildcat. You were not there. What was no. your vantage point and what was your reaction? I, I knew absolutely 100% they were going to make that shot. Here's an exchange <laughs> from me and my friends in my uh, group chat after it. Uh, one of my friends, thing I don't understand is that ASU deserves no joy and yet we're the ones that are miserable than someone else. That shot, <laughs> that shot just numbed my body. I didn't even scream or curse. Just pure misery. Another friend, I saw it go and as soon as Balo shot, um, shot his first free throw, yeah. already knew exactly how the game was ending. Yeah, that's another friend, same. So I was mentally prepared for that. Oh my gosh! Yeah, wow, well, that is basketball experience. That's some pathos right there, man. Yeah, this is an absolute. No, I'm, I'm I'm overreacting because of how brutal that loss was. They are a fraud, this U of A team. They've lost five times to unranked teams. They've lost twice uh, at home. Fraud. Yes, they are that's absolutely. Big, that's they a beaten. big they are word to level on that team. They are absolutely not a championship contender this year. No, but that's a, okay. That's a big difference from fraud, right? Is anyone calling them a championship contender right now? They've been a top ten team all year. I think that. that I don't. That, that's okay. That's fine. My so you're opinion. saying they're fraudulent as a championship? They're, they're contender, fraudulent. Not a fraudulent. They're fraudulent team. as a legit. Okay. Final four team. I think. All right, okay. their best I think their fair. best player is not the type of best player you need. They don't to go have far the, the kind tournament. of bu- go get a bucket bucket getter kind of guy. They yes. don't have that guy. They're missing Benedict Matherin. They are yeah. absolutely missing him, and Tabellus uh, is having a terrible stretch right now. He's not having a great stretch. He's going to win Pac-12 Player of the Year. Did you hear Tommy Lloyd though? His comments mm-hmm. on Tubelis after mm-hmm. the game. Yeah. I thought it was okay. I, I thought defensively he was bad. You know, he just didn't play great defense tonight, and you know that's kind of disappointing. I mean, like, you know, listen, I, I don't care about overall stats, and I'll be honest with you, I, don't, I never even look at the overall stats. I couldn't tell you what his shooting percentage is, how many points he's scoring, but I know effort on defense, and he's got to play better. Do you think part of that is being like scared to draw early fouls like in the past couple games? Not an excuse. It's basketball. It's high level basketball. Suck it up. <laughs> he was not happy. Clearly, no. Listen, and nobody, no coach would be, but I think he was abs- he was absurdly unhappy. I just think, just based on the just uh, just uh, here you go, ASU, fire it up, give it a shot. Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong. Arizona had a timeout remaining. Correct. I, I, th- I, I don't think, think they did. No, no. Did, they didn't. Okay, because okay. Tommy Lloyd is getting some criticism for that too. Mm-hmm. For that for that end game exchange. 
where Balo misses the first. You got to coach him. And I don't know. Maybe he tried to miss yeah. it. Balo's not exactly. He's a good so free bad throw at free shooter. throw shooting. There's no way <laughs> yeah. to know whether he tried to make or miss either of those. True. But I mean, it comes down. It, that is one thing you talked about it, Bick. How players are so good at half court shots or long distance crazy shots now. now. Yeah, but they are horrible at missing free throws on purpose. That's another thing. You're right. Well, it's. It, I mean, if you throw it up and you hit the rim and miss, the game is pretty much over. Mm-hmm. And if it's you true. go back and you watch the replays, the television replays, uh, Ricardo Foyce, who used to be on the Sun staff, is yelling something at Tommy Lloyd. And I saw one explanation that said, hey, he, he like read his lips and said, that's why you call a timeout. So I was wondering if they had a timeout left. But there was, there was a lot of unhappy people on the Arizona side with the way that that shook down. Yeah, well, listen, you could tell from Bobby Hurley's reaction. He had all, he was already processing the loss. Yes. It was already, the loss was already sinking into him. It had uh, Bobby Hurley just standing there alone for about 10 seconds yes. with his hands in the air. Yes. It was kind of like, like Jim Valvano-ish. That, it was. <laughs> like, that's exactly what it was. I don't know how was. to react right now. And this is all I'll say. I'll put this out for next year. Tommy Lloyd over the phone. Bobby Hurley in studio for Newsmakers Week. <laughs> Who got the karma? <laughs> Seriously? Dude, one guy's in Tucson. I'm just saying. Respectfully, Jared, shut up. Sarah goes to Tucson and back all the time. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> Leave me out of this, Jared. Leave me out of this, Ferret. <laughs> Goodness. Uh, but now we'll see how ASU follows that up. They've not hey, dealt with success very well this year. They better follow this up. Now, that's my bottom line. They yeah. better take this moment and do something with yeah, it. Yeah, but now you have two games left against USC <laughs> and UCLA, two teams that yeah. already beat you this year. So, uh, But a great win. A really, really, really good was. basketball game. Coming up next, we got some new rules in Major League Baseball, and they're rearing their ugly head already. We'll get into some of it next. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Dan Bickley, Vince Morata. Bickley and Morata Mornings. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. This is Bickley Murata Mornings here on this Monday, live from the Option Community Studios. Dan Bickley, Vince Murata, Sarah Cazell, Jared Carlin, taking you up until 10 o'clock. We had uh, the beginning of spring training baseball uh, this weekend, not only here in Arizona, but in Florida. Uh, one of the headlines was, wow, these games are going by real fast. Yeah. <laughs> because of the new rules in 2023, uh, most notably the pitch clock rule. But there's good mm-hmm. and bad to all of it. Major League Baseball obviously tinkering with things, trying to pick up the pace of, of games. Uh, and for the most part, it worked. But then you get an end game situation like what happened in the Grapefruit League, Big. Mm-hmm. Braves at bat. Bottom of the ninth inning against the Red Sox, tied 6-6. It's spring training. It's February. But there's still a little bit of drama there. The fans were getting into it. And then this happened. Could have run up easily. Uh-oh. And now what? He's out. They have called strike three. Wow! This is mayhem! Oh! Automatic strike three called with the bases loaded in a tie game in the bottom of the ninth. This is baseball in 2023. All right, so here's the situation. Cal Conley is the batter for the Braves. He took too long setting up for the pitch with an mm-hmm. 0-2 count, two outs, bases loaded in a tie game. He gets the automatic strike. The game ends in a tie. Yeah. If you don't know the rule... The way the clock works, 30-second timer between batters. 
Between pitches, a 15-second timer will be in place with the bases empty, 20-second timer with the runners on base. But there's different levels of this. The rule also says batters must be in the box and alert to the pitcher by the 8-second mark or else be charged with an automatic strike, which is what happened there. It's a horrible first weekend look for Major League Baseball. But I'm kind of glad it happened. Ben. Yeah, I, uh, again, it depends, I, I think, what your perspective happens to be. I think that this, it, to me, it's it's anything but horrible. I think it's a great look because it shows me Major League Baseball serious about making this happen. And it's, yeah, players are reacting negatively right now. I always I always get a kick out of these baseball players. Manny Machado is the latest, who, who just go, go running and kicking um, their way uh, to avoid progress for the sport as if their needs as a hitter supersede the death of the game or where the game is going. I mean, why would he think I, that? He just signed a $350 well, million that's a good point. It's a real, real good point. So to me, it kind of proves that Rob Manfred and baseball is serious about this. I highly doubt that in the regular season they're going to ring somebody up for not being in within eight seconds and ready to hit. But But if they are... Great, because baseball players should recognize the importance of this. The guys that play the game don't. They don't get it. For whatever reason, they do not get it. They don't see it. Let's juxtapose it, though. We just had a Super Bowl that will be grumbled about forever because of a defensive holding call in a situation, and that was basically the ultimate deciding play of the game. Mm Mm-hmm. And it will go down in history as the most memorable play from what was a very good Super Bowl. Can you imagine if a World Series got decided on that? Uh, the reason why yeah, I say I'm glad that it happened in February in Florida yeah. is because now I think Major League Baseball can yep. go and tinker with this and right. maybe build in some game situation parameters to this. I don't want to see a minute in between pitches ever again. I don't want to see that, but there's got to be a little bit of leeway. That's interesting. I, well, so you I mean don't know like why, in the why ninth there, inning they would call it? Leeway? I don't understand. What do you mean? Why is if, if you're going to get was, if you're going to get baseball players to change their habits and their habits are their habits are what have have created this issue? Player hitters don't need to walk out of the box and reset themselves every single pitch, and a great pro- predominance of them do. All right. So hitters staying in the batter's box, you give them you give them one lifeline. They they get a timeout, and they have they have one chance to stop the flow. Other than that, it's their at bat. Get in the box. Yes. So I, it, to me, I don't. I I you, think you said something that I think is is very important. There, it's their at bat. Why? I think it's pretty arbitrary for a rule to say a batter who's that's his at bat. You have rules pertaining to his approach. What if he wants to step in with four seconds left? Maybe that helps him hit. Mm-hmm. I, I'll take it a step further. Make these regular season rules. Throw them out in the postseason. I, I doubt they would enforce them in the postseason, but who knows? I, I would. I would hope by that at that point in time, um, baseball players will understand what they need to do to apply to, yeah. to kind of get into this to this new rhythm. Uh, I, the there you go. They just throw a, a graphic. The time of the games this weekend were dramatically faster. Yeah, and again, it's just first weekend of spring training. Yeah, through the first three yeah. days, the graphic on ESPN right now: two hours and thirty eight minutes on average through the first three days last year. The same time span, average of of three hours and one minute. There was a handful of games that clocked in at two fifteen. So yes. I mean, this is this is the way baseball used to be. It never used to be these at bats never used to be so drawn out. And so I am, I'm, I'm 
I'm enthused by this because the the, uh, the backlash you're seeing from some players, I think, shows you that it's working. And uh, and it's only fitting that Manny Machado was the first guy to get called. No doubt. <laughs> and, and this is uh, this this is a tough job for baseball umpires. This is probably one of the reasons why you can't go full on electronic gumps right now, or maybe you could, but you you're going to need them right now to enforce this because this pace of play thing, left to their own devices, players will drag this game out. Yes. But have you ever tried to yell at a robot? It's, it's not effective. It's not effective. Yes. It doesn't help. Yeah. I have. Yeah. I have too. <laughs> when I ask uh, my smart speaker to turn my lights on and it doesn't listen, yeah. my voice uh-huh. changes and I get a little bit more stern. <laughs> and sometimes it works and sometimes Just it doesn't. Just don't give Alexa any commands. You know what happened last time you did that on the radio? You all set right. all those alarms. Hey, Alexa. Oh, I didn't do that. <laughs> Hey, I was just saying, hey, hey, girl, hey, hey, Alexa. <laughs> okay, Google, play Weird Al Yankovic. <laughs> see what happens. Oh, Jared. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, I, I again, we see this in in preseason mm-hmm. NFL football when there's an area of emphasis and these changes are very very publicized for major league baseball and most people think it's a good thing but there's going to be emphasis put on them in spring training it'll probably lighten up a little bit as the season goes on but i think you bring up a good point too well the conditioning over 162 games will probably just take care of the problem in the postseason yeah um again i i think it's going to be hard for uh, an issue to lighten up when there's actual big pitch clocks now I, I mean, this is. I think this is part of the visual people don't like because that's the one thing baseball never has had. Mm-hmm. It's just big, obnoxious clocks everywhere mm-hmm. ticking down. You know, and that's what the purists always say. We yeah. love that baseball's not time. Yeah, t- so did I until it became too timeless. <laughs> At some point in time, time does matter, right? I still go back to the words of Bob Brenly, who said on our show, "It's the only entertainment uh, form in the world where people complain that it goes on too long." <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, when things cease to be entertaining, you want them to stop. Yes, it's yeah. true. It's baseball and Judd Apatow movies. Those are the only two things. Yeah. <laughs> it's too long. Shorten this. We need a pitch clock on an Apatow movie. Uh, coming up next, Suns lose in Milwaukee. Monty Williams had some interesting remarks about tinkering with his rotation. We'll get into that and more straight ahead. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings here on this Monday. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.